I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Smell! You know that gasoline smell! It smells like... Victory. Yeah! Yeah! Oh yeah! What condition my condition was in? I woke up this morning with the sun down Shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh... Oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip down a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun. Hello, and welcome back to Stats and Jacks. I'm Tom Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down again, down 30. SA Futures down 110. This is getting ugly. Uh, we have Federal Express down uh, 40%. No, down 42 bucks, 20%. Down forty-two dollars. It's twenty, actually almost twenty-one percent. Uh, that's bad. It was a came in low on earnings and said they're closing up a bunch of places. They withdrew their two, 2023 guidance. Uh, pretty much said everything kind of sucks. But uh, so Kevin, you got that? We got that going for us this morning. We got that going for you. Plus, much like the uh, napalm that we had in the opening. Yeah, I it's uh, like yeah. Matt Matt's had a nice day for us there. So yeah. the. Uh, where they they claim that the uh, their shipments from uh, overseas are down like a huge number, eighty percent or something. Uh, let's see. They're saying significant recession. Yeah, Asia volumes lower due to COVID lockdowns. Asia to West Coast air rates are down eighty percent year over year. Ground network contractors seeking more compensation. Um, whatever. So there you go. It's got of course UPS down uh, thirteen dollars, only seven. Well, only seven percent. They're trading 172. We have uh, a lot of UPS stock that I manage for people, and thank God we got some puts, but it's not one to one, unfortunately. I mean, I have I have a put for every every for all the stock, but it's not uh, stock loses uh, 13. You know, the puts might make nine or ten, so you're doing way better than the world, but you're not you're not making, Kevin. You're not making. I'm just saying. How are we going to define recession when we hit the third straight? Quarter? I think we're 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 defining everything. It's like, uh, what's the word that, uh, that Lou always uses a uh, phrase? Or you become a moral relativist. Whatever, whatever. If you if so you that would be like an economic relevant. Re yeah. Uh, if you if you if you if your shtick is, is that I can't pronounce. Yeah. If your shtick is whatever you want to do, send me money and I'll put it in the market. The market's going up. This is just a blip. By the way, I don't hedge anything. I don't do anything. I don't know how to use puts or calls or anything like that. Just send me the money. Then, then of course, you, we're not in a recession, and there's no definition that you can give that person that we ever will be, ever have been, or whatever. Now, somebody else might say, hey, we had our two quarters of negative, not to mention the fact 
that the whatever deflator you're using is probably not high enough that we're not only in one we're in a pretty bad one uh then you then you have that guy so right now we're all over the place it's like defining well we we aren't too bad in the sense that it's not uh it's it's not the um you know 2008 2009 recession yes um but that that was you know that was crash that was crash and burn um we we could get there i could you know, I can think of all kinds of scenarios that would get us there, um, but right now we aren't there. But we are—we are clearly in an economic downturn, and um, you know, it—it it, it does show up in the numbers. You look at the employment numbers; you take a deeper dive into it. Uh, a lot of the the new jobs are getting filled by people taking second jobs, um, and uh, you know, it's because they can't afford to buy anything. Well, when you when you look at the various sections of the economy now versus then I think you could depending on how many groups you want to make you could certainly make the argument that several of the groups are worse off this time than last time there, I don't, the, 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 the combination of say somebody buying a house back then uh, for say what the, the median number was 235 Putting the money down and having the stock or the house drop down to what it got down to what one seventy afterward, which means if you put down twenty percent, you lost it all and were underwater on the mortgage. Now, if if you rode that out, if neither you or the, you or the wifey lost the job, uh, or you know, it depends on when one person was carrying it or two, and you didn't have to move and you didn't have to sell. And you hung in there. I think your daily life, in terms of salary versus other things you bought, was way better than you are now. You didn't have to pay a hundred thousand dollars for a car. I mean, you, I mean, so for the person who that, if if you were affected and one of you all of a sudden lost your job or had to go to move to Tulsa or someplace for the next job, and you had to sell your house out, yeah, you you were, you were pretty much eviscerated. There went all your wealth. If you didn't, if you hung in there. Day to day, the stuff that you bought on a daily basis, um, I don't think that you were affected very much in 2007, 2008. I mean, right now, if, if you're, even if you've been living in your house for 20 years, if you haven't had a raise in a while, I mean, you, you, you can't go out the door. I mean, God, God help you if you need a roof. God help you if you need you know, anything done to your place. Or, or, or God help you if you need a car. And it's a lot of God helps, I know, but or, so, or the hot water heater breaks. Yeah, I mean, whatever. You no, know, I mean, you you start getting down to that kind of stuff, and I think we're, I think we are there. Yeah, I I will grant you that we are we are absolutely there. Where you know those kinds of uh, of breakdowns are, you know, they're going to the credit card if the credit card's not already tapped out. Well, I mean, the the when you look at the story, the, the group I always look at, Kevin, and I, you know, why I do now because it's been so long. Interest rates have been here. The deal, quote, the deal. That, that the U.S. government, even though maybe they didn't know they were doing it, uh, if if you saved in your 401k, let's say a million bucks, you know, which which seems like a lot of money, but it really isn't if that's what you're living off of. Uh, if you if you paid your house off, uh, you know, didn't have any credit card debt, and you uh, put that money in the bank, you you were going to make three three and a half percent risk free. Which, by the way, you now can do with treasuries, but but for a while you couldn't, and so you're going to make thirty-five grand a year on that, and you're going to make twenty-four thousand, twenty-five thousand on Social Security. So you're talking about sixty grand. Now, if everything's paid for, you can 
you can hang with that, do some repairs on your house. Uh, you, you can live on that. I mean, you, you could have lived on it actually fairly easily and gotten a car every five, six years or whatever, and if something happened to your house, well, now, if you got a nice house, a, a roof's could be 70 grand, I mean, or 80, I mean, some huge number. Your taxes are up, a car's 60. You, that's assuming that you've been make, make, making this 35000 all along. So this, the saving grace for you is the bet in the stock market because there's nothing but go up, especially after the COVID. Well, now it's going the other way. So it's, 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 the, it's the leg of the stool that is hung in there, and now it's not. Now, so, I mean, depending on when you say, when, when you say recession, and I, I got this not because I thought it up myself. I got this because I read that book from William Kennedy, Freedom to Fear, and, and Freedom from Fear. And in the, 20, in the 1920s, he said, you look at all the gross numbers, like some of these buffoons have been looking at here for a while. Look at all the gross numbers. It was the roaring 20s. You dig underneath the top 10%, and it was re- re- recession or depression for virtually everybody. I mean, certainly, certainly depression in the agricultural areas in a lot of states. So, so I, I've got a new view now of the world. I look at, I try and slice people into like five or six subgroups, and I say, okay, how the hell are they doing? And right now, I'm saying the subgroups aren't looking so hot anywhere. Well, maybe the top, the people who ended up getting a real lot of money out of the government, got, shall we say, their unfair share. I'm not saying there's anything wrong to get it, but the fact that the money was not sprinkled evenly, if, if you were one of the heavy sprinklees, you're probably fine. But virtually everybody else is not. I think it's my assessment. Like like the term though, sprinkleese is a pretty good one. Well, it's like a trickley, you know. I'm, I'm, I, I want to in my next life, if there is one, I want to be a trickler, not a trickley. Just saying. You want to be uh, on the top when it's trickled down. I want to be the guy to say here. Here's the twenty million dollars. We don't know no reason why you deserve it for for a contract that's worth one. And by the way, it's a trickle-down theory. It'll get down to everybody else. I want to be a trickler. I don't want to be one of the guys at the bottom waiting for the other guy to, to spend the spend the million dollars in my saloon. You know, just saying. I, I'll take I, you I like it. I like it. And, and you know what, Tom? Uh, because I, I love you so much, uh, I would be happy to come and uh, uh, spend some money in your saloon to trickle up your Well, I mean, I think well, you and I, could, could we could meet. Let's say we met in Michigan City. There's a big Bass Pro Shop there. Mm-hmm. We could have a nice breakfast. There's a bre- breakfast place there that I know down the road, owned by uh, owned by this nice family. And we could run over to Bass Boats, and you can help me race around the place and tell everybody Bass Boats around. And we buy everybody Bass Boat. That's a trick. Bass Boats for everybody. I like it. Yeah. And plus, then if you're having trouble getting your chow, you can take a go out and fish and make get yourself dinner. You know, hold back, hold back. I mean, and we'll throw in a fishing rod on top of it. <laughs> Make it a deal. And, and Matt can go pick out a bunch of worms for everybody, or yeah. minnows or something. I'll be the worm boy. I'll be the, wor- <laughs> the, the worm boy. Give <laughs> <laughs> me a new title. <laughs> you shouldn't have said that, Matt, because from now oh, on, God. you are Matt the worm boy. Oh, you are no <laughs> going by any other name on this show. Oh, God. By the way, I saw our boys last night, or a couple of them. Yeah, I know. I was talking to Daryl when you were, uh, when, and I heard your, heard your voice in the background. Oh, God. They, those guys haven't changed, nor do we want them to. And uh, we ended up over at Club Lago, and everybody had a, a, a nice dinner, and everybody loved us. And the, play, the bar was empty, of course. We walk in, and the, the bartender, who I know, she says, what are you guys doing on the table? Come on, silver by the bar. There's nobody here. So we sat there. It was fun. Uh, good group. Of course, they didn't have – I wonder how many places are like that they didn't have the football game in. 
because they, they I don't know they didn't have a package that has whatever that in there. I didn't watch no, any of it. Didn't I, even I occur know. to me to look. I just you know I, I did a little uh, looking at you know I browsed the uh, um, the guide. Uh, didn't even notice it, and then uh, a little later on, I thought, oh yeah, that that game's on somewhere else. You know, I uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised. Um, not not stunned, Kevin. I just, you, you look at the the major sports, and uh, they all have to have. I think they must have you know major marketing agencies and and go through these numbers you know fifty fifty six ways from Sunday right, and yet the NFL comes out and says, okay, uh, we're going to be on free TV because that's where we're going to make the most money and the most you know input into the society. Uh, baseball, pretty much opposite on local games, depend depending on the city. Uh, NBA Bulls are on cable. Um, I mean, once in a while, how many games a week they're on? You'll have Channel Seven. They even have a game at a week NBA anymore. I don't know. Uh, well, they have TNT does a bunch of them, and uh, ESPN does a bunch of them. Well, they, they, I segregate there as well. And when I say there's free TV, which is the original channels, and then there's like the first one or two levels of cable, which I think just about everybody has. And then there's the next levels to where an awful lot of people don't. And then there's the streaming services, which I think a lot of people don't. So it, it's, it kind of stuns me that, that the NFL does all this research, and they say, okay, this is what we're going we're gonna to get on Monday night, this we're going to get on Sunday night. And I think Sunday night football has got to be one of the top rated things in the world, isn't it, still? And then all of a sudden, then on a Thursday night, they go, oh, we'll sell this to Amazon. Or... You know, the, the Cubs are not all, not just on a, a station that any, everybody gets, like they used to be with NBC Sports, which most people got. Now they're on a smart key, which a lot of people don't get or had to pay up for. And then all of a sudden, okay, we're losing 20 games to Apple. Wait a minute, I, I just paid for the marquee. I mean, I mean I, the, the jumble of this, it's almost like they're experimenting in front of our very eyes. What are they going to do if they find out, okay, we got all this money from, from Amazon. By the way, nobody's watching the damn thing. I mean, half the bars aren't... I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna, well, they're, they're they're still going to get paid. The the issue becomes, um, you know, is is the short term profit worth surrendering, uh, uh, growing your uh, um, uh, growing the market for it, growing the in, the market of interest for your sport? And I don't you know don't know what to tell you. The answer is obviously they're concerned about that because they're making all these rule changes that are intended to solve one of the biggest problems they have with. Uh, um, getting people interested in the sport, and that's that it doesn't move fast enough. So there's there's clearly an, uh, a notion that, that that they have to grow it, that as is is you know is not okay, and yet then they turn around and do this. Now I again I don't know, maybe it'll work out just fine for them. I was able to. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is that uh, you know baseball historically has all been about the local rights, not the national rights. Right. Um, so. Uh, uh, so now, you know, is, is poaching away a handful of games for the Cubs or the White Sox, is, is that a killer for them or not? I don't know the answer to that. Well, I mean, it's, 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 ag- it's an aggravation for me because how many different places do i got to buy to get these mopes? I mean, one would be enough, right? <laughs> I thought I did that, just saying. Yeah. I mean, uh, so interesting, uh, was having a somewhat animated discussion, not, not crazy or anything, but... With our buddy D, uh, D, a uh, friend of ours, uh, Daryl, he great softball player, good guy, and he uh, 
And he was probably, I would say he was probably the best hardball player among us, wasn't he? I mean, he, was a, he used to pitch at inner hall and stuff. Anyway, but there was a pretty good player. And uh, so we were having a discussion about the shift. And I, I, I really think, Kevin, and I, you know, I don't, please tell me I'm wrong here, but I don't think they should have abandoned the shift before they found out what the pitch clock would do. Because if you, if you take what Manny Weber says, one of the reasons why the game is so slow is when you put in these, these max effort relief pitchers. I mean, your starter moves the game along pretty good, usually. And then you get these max effort guys that are supposed to go in there and throw 20 pitches 105 miles an hour if they can. And they don't care. That's all they're supposed to throw. They've got to help you. If you get them two innings, then everybody can, can clobber them. But the, the idea is that for every half a second you wait, you, you pick up, what, a, a tenth of a mile an hour or two tenths of a mile an hour on your next pitch because you're essentially resting your shoulder. I would have... I, I would have uh, put the pitch clock in at, say, 24 seconds or whatever it is, whatever you want to do it and see if that helped the hitting just by itself, Kevin, before I started monkeying with the shift because last time I was on a hardball field with only seven guys out there, if you're not including the pitcher, there's an awful lot of room in a hardball field. I mean, I don't know really where you got to tell people where to stand. I mean, I think that's a little I, – I, I don't like that, but maybe you do. What are you, what's your feelings on what I just said? Well, for, for what you just said, I think you're right. First of all, you, you don't know the impact of either change now. You're, you won't know the impact of either change because they're happening simultaneously. So your ability to um, uh, to measure one versus the other is, you know, it's just going to be very, very difficult. Uh, so that's part one. Part two is I, I am way less sympathetic about the shift. Now, I, I heard some player getting interviewed uh, right after they announced it who said, you know, you go up there, you hit a really hard line drive, and some guy who's 30 feet uh, beyond the infield uh, pulls it in. He said, those, those kind of hits, those kind of, you know, those kind of at-bats should be base hits, um, and, and, they're, and they're taking it away. My feeling about it in general is you need to learn to go the other way. Yeah. You need to learn to hit against it and to stubbornly hit past it I suppose you can do that if you're Ted Williams and you're that good, but most people aren't that good. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm not very sympathetic about it in the first place. I, I guess it's going to, you know, help. You know, it's it's not going to shorten the game, that's for sure, but uh, it, it should, you know, show us some good run production. I am a big fan, especially having been to some minor league games and seen it in action. I'm a fan of the uh, uh, pitch clock. It becomes something you don't notice as you're watching it because everybody's already adapted to it, and they just get up and get the ball and throw. It's like watching Kyle Hendricks or Greg, Ma- Greg Maddox or somebody like that pitch. Um, only every every pitcher does it, and that that I like, uh, and that will be good for the game, I think. I, I do too, I I just, uh, I mean, every time you go out and see, I mean, ba- baseball is just like that. I remember going to see, uh, got the Cubs were in a playoff, was it Arizona? Maybe I just went to see a game in Arizona. And Ryan Sandberg comes up, and he just hammers this ball to right center. And this is when the, the Diamondbacks had that really great outfield. They they won under, uh, what's his name? The guy went there, uh, being in the booth for the Cubs forever. Tell us his name. Uh, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. With, the the manager. Anyway, they, they had this outfield that could, boy, talk about go getting them. I would have loved those guys my softball team. So he hammers one to right center, and the guy goes way back to the door and grabs the thing. The thing was an aspirin tablet going out there. So the next 
time up, he does the same thing, and the guy goes and catches it again. This is this is right up against the wall in right center. Next time up, he hits like a four hopper right right between third and short, and he's got a hit. And you sit there and go, that's baseball. <laughs> but that, that's all part of the game, Kevin. Roasting a line drive at an infielder, no matter where he is, makes you feel sucky as a batter, right? Doesn't softball. Yeah. You sit there, why couldn't I put that thing five feet one way to the other? You know, I, I hit. I, they got enough to move his glove. I hit it. I hit it. You know, but that, that happens. Yeah. That's so, part. So we'll we'll see what happens with the shift. But again, you know how how hard it is is it to learn to put down a bunt? You can get a bunt double half the time if yeah. you if you can bunt it hard enough. Um, you know, to me, it it just th- that the batters have not even tried to adjust to it is just uh, unfathomable. Yeah, I, I, I just don't understand why they wouldn't do that. Well, if you're Ted Williams, well, you know, we want you're taking away the, your power. You know what? Get on base. Well, Let somebody else's power do the trick. A successful bunt is, is what, 20, 25 points on your batting average at one bunt a week? Yeah. Well, and, and here's here's the other thing is how when when you need somebody, when you need base runners, you're in the ninth inning and you're down two runs or three runs, even then you're not going to put down a bunt and uh, and just get your butt on base? Yeah, no. Uh, it, it, make, it makes no sense to me. So, you know, I, 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 have, I don't have a lot of sympathy for that. I, I get... That uh, you know, guys are getting robbed on hits on things that you know should that have historically been base hits. You know, I, I understand that, but it's to me just go up and beat it, make a move back. You, you can make a move back all by yourself. We well, you know what you people uh, make a move. Nobody mentions about the shift. I'm going to say, Kevin, that 20 years ago you couldn't you couldn't even play the shift the way they play it now. It's been the the incredible. Improvement in these baseball fields. But if you, if you go back, you you circle back to Wrigley 15 years ago before the the sod master came by and, and redid the whole field. If, for those that don't know, when when you when you take the the tarp, the tarp's all full of water, right? Mm. Well, you got to you got to go one way or the other and dump the water someplace. Traditionally, they would go behind behind the second base side, the first to second base side of the infield, and they would dump it in the right field. So virtually every field you played on, if you looked out there, it, there was always kind of a depression <laughs> between the infield and the first 10 yards or so, and then the outfield would again slope up a little bit. So no matter what you did, you had that kind of depression behind second base, right, Kevin? And, let, and uh, I don't see any way that a guy could play second base out in, in, in that no-man's land. It's like the park district feels for softball. They keep they put this they keep putting the they compare it to nothing. Well, but I'm saying you, you pick a chicken bone out of your leg. Well, but I'm saying you 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 can't you can't play as an infielder behind the infield because there, it drops off and you you can't handle that hop. You, if the deepest you can play is your your heels on the back of the infield. If you ever want to th- catch the ball, right? Unless you were at some park where miraculously they're even, but I've never been to that place. Yeah, occasionally you'd get one. You'd play a softball game on a baseball field. Yeah, or you, you could do that. It, it was it was really big. Uh, used to refer to that to, as playing on the moon because it was always so weird. Hey, we come uh, back. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to listen yesterday, but I don't know. It was just me, but I was mesmerized by Wayne talking about how all these archives work. I never knew that any of that stuff. Did you? No, you know, and and we can talk about it a little bit. I, I think he missed a few things, but uh, you know, some some of this, um, you know, for, first of all, when when you guys were talking about it and talking about movers, it, you know, it it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of that stuff traveled with, to the uh, Mar-a-Lago with the president when 
he was in office. You know, I'm, I'm going for the weekend. Yeah. I need to take a case full of papers. Um, and so that, you know, that could be part of it. But the other thing is there there have been, you know, contests over this for forever and ever. Yeah. Now, Bill Clinton, you know, as an example, finally needed a court order to turn some papers back over to the National Archives. Um, it's it, that's just the way it is. Every president, it seems like they have a a, a thing with this. So, uh, you know, to me, I'm I'm just not. Well, I'm, 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 I was I wasn't talking this unless unless somebody can come and tell me that the president was giving away you know had had papers and was giving away secrets to the highest bidder, which in his case, I doubt that he needed to do that. Yeah, I, no, I'm, I wasn't talking about that. I was just talking about. Well, how he's explaining how the archives work and where they are oh, and how yeah. you get yeah, in. Yeah, that was interesting. And how the, how the pre- presidential libraries are all tied into the archives. I, I never knew that. You ever been to a pre- presidential library? Nope, never had the pleasure. I, you know, I I would if I'm if I'm hanging around in Iowa someday. <laughs> I think I'd like to go see Truman's. I bet mm-hmm. there's a lot of fascinating stuff in there. We got to spend probably what a couple days. Yeah, Truman, mm-hmm. Missouri. Truman would be oh, Missouri, Missouri, wouldn't he? Yeah, that's right, Missouri. Han- Hannibal, right? Was he Hannibal? Uh, I think so. Yeah, uh, SP Futures. Down 32, Nasdaq futures down 118. Again, a lot of it's because of uh, FedEx last night. They're down $41. Ouch. It's down 20%. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jacks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708 403 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks, jocks, and jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howe. Matt Byrne on the board. <laughs> SP Futures down 32, Nasdaq Futures down 119. Um, get a little of this, Kevin. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, reading this thing from Core Digest about... 
And, and I, there's a new word here. You ever heard of the word odium? What is it? Uh, o, O-T-I-U-M. Otium. Nope, never heard of it. It's idleness. It's, it's, it's the Roman word for idleness. Mm. They, and they love their odium. They, they had four or five hours every day where they were idle. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so that's what I should go like put on my calendar sometimes is just put odium on Yeah, it's, it's the same. And nobody would even know you were talking about idleness. Just, Your regularly just, scheduled odium. Yeah, you've got to make sure that you, you know, that's what, that's what you did. Sometimes you can't believe even what you read, for God's sake. Yeah. Anyway, today, the reason why we're down today is, uh, well, one of the reasons we were down pretty heavy yesterday uh, because which they obliterated the little little up day on Wednesday uh, the, after the big down day on Tuesday. This has been a pretty awful week. Without futures now for 245, I don't get a future on the on the transportation average, but that's going to be down real heavy. Uh, over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei down 308. That's 1.1%. Shanghai, ouch, down 73, 2.3%. Um, Hang Seng down 168. That's 0.9%. 18,761. Uh, they had better than expected uh, Chinese data, but uh, boy, they buried that. Yesterday, uh, Dow was down 173, S&P down 44, NASDAQ down 167. We're in Europe. We got the DAX down 217. It's 1.6%. FTSE is up a buck, so we'll call that flat. Keck around down 81.3. I don't know why the uh, FTSE is uh, is up or hanging in there, but they are. Uh, bonds um, unchanged at uh, 3.47 uh, 10-year rate. The Bund. Up five basis points to 1.78. Kevin, these guys got have to have, they were buying all these bonds at negative interest rate. They have to have a, I won't say a treasure trove, but a trove of bonds that they are way down on over the central bank over there. I, I never got that program. Uh, Japan unchanged at 0.25. Oil uh, up 72 cents, 85.82, but kind of right stuck in this narrow range. Ran up 90 cents, 91.74. Natural gas down 17 cents, 8.15. Down from over $9 less than a week ago. Arbob unchanged at 242. Gold uh, down 530, 16.72. Silver down 31 cents, 18.95. A lot of, a lot of conversation with clients yesterday as to whether uh, gold is at a bottom here because this is kind of where it turned around last time. I don't know. I mean, it's tough to call. Uh, copper down three cents, 345. And we've got the U.S. dollar versus the euro. Again, the euro is still under a dollar at 0.997. And we have uh, Bitcoin up 25 bucks, but under 20,000, 19,793. I think we better hope, even though I'm not a Bitcoin fan, we better hope that thing doesn't collapse because the market mm-hmm. does not need that. Matt, what do you got for us, uh, Traffic Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 6.35 a.m. on Friday, September 16th, 2022. Traffic right now in Chicago. There's an accident on the right shoulder westbound on the Dan Ryan at 18th Street uh, near exit 52C. So keep that in mind. Weather in Chicago, mostly cloudy currently, 64 degrees, a high of 87 and a low of 64. In Phoenix, clear skies, currently 79 degrees, a high of 98 and a low of 77. In sports, uh, MLB yesterday, White Sox beat Cleveland Guardians 8-2. Diamondbacks play San Diego Padres and win 4-0. The NFL yesterday, LA Chargers at Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Chiefs win 27-24. This Sunday, though, Bears play the Packers at Lambeau Field. Uh, game starts at 7.20 p.m. Uh, stay tuned for that. That'll be fun. Uh, anyway, that's all we got. Back to you, Chief. The, uh, so, Kevin, how rich would you be if you were to bet the Cubs sweeping the Mets in New York? You know, one game was positive 380. Matty said it's probably the highest line he's ever seen in a regular season game. Oh, I believe it. 
I gotta believe you'd had what we believe had. it. Yeah, that um, you would made a lo- whole lot of money, especially uh, especially with Degrom being one of the pitchers. Yeah, and uh, especially with the Cubs being one of the teams. Well, I don't, how did I mean, uh, the Mets? The Mets are uh, fighting for a wild card. Yeah, well, I think they're in first place, aren't they? But they're not. I thought they were hopelessly in front. They're not. They didn't, they didn't want to lose those three games. No, it's it's close. It's yeah. close with them and the Braves. There's three wild cards this year, right? Uh, yes. Um, hold on, I'm pulling up MLB. I'll get the standings. I'll tell you where they are. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let's go to standings. And um, if we look at it, we have the uh, Mets are up by one over Atlanta. Um, so, uh, you know, it, uh, and they, uh, they, they're faltering. I mean, they're, they're, uh, Atlanta's last 10 is 6 and 4. The, uh, Mets' last 10 is 5 and 5, but that includes three in a row losses to the Cubs. So they could have been pulling away. Yeah. Um, and, uh, even, even by taking two out of three, uh, they would have put themselves in good shape. And the White Sox sort of stayed alive yesterday. Interesting decision by Terry Francona. He pitched a. Uh, he put marched out a pitcher with a uh, 18 earned run average, um, and uh, and and just kind of worked. It decided to preserve his pitching staff. I think you know if he. Had, I, I don't know who who's uh, up tonight, so I, I don't know who the starting pitcher is. But if you had advanced that person and taken out the White Sox, I think if you kneecapped him yesterday, um, you probably would be looking at them being down by uh, what four games? Yeah, it would be tough to come back. Uh, they're, they're behind three right now, and uh, so you probably put a, could have put them in your rearview mirror. Well, they have, but they're starting a five-game series, which means there had to have been a rainout against the Twins today. So they've got a real rough next four days. Yeah, and the, the Twins are only four back, um, but the Twins have been faltering a lot, too. They're four and six in their last ten, and they, and, you know, they, they just have not been playing good baseball. Yeah, you know they're eyeballing winning four four out of that five and being right in the race come Monday Sunday night. Yeah, oh yeah, they would be. And uh, and the White Sox, if you start, if you go back and you look at the schedule, which I'm now switching to, um, or you go to the home page where they'll have it, uh, they are playing uh, Detroit. Detroit, yeah. So they they could go to Detroit. They they can't afford to lose. Detroit's not good, and they can't afford to lose any games in Detroit. Well, if, if those guys split in the Cub and the Sox sweep, well, they can't split a five game series. But if it's yeah. if it goes, to, you know, th- three twin three Twinkies, two Guardians, and the Sox sweep, all of a sudden they're all kind of tied, which would be pretty interesting. Yeah, it would be, and um, the uh, the the White Sox do play the Guardians three more times. Right. So they, uh, he, they will have a chance to do their own damage here, I believe. But realistically, they're not going to sweep them. So you, you know, you, 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 if you want to make up three games, you're going to, ha- you might be able to make up one or two there. Um, you know, you split them, you're going to make up one. Um, so it, that would be nice. But uh, they're, they're realistically, I mean, they need help. You know, they, I think at this point of the season, uh, if they're going to go anywhere. It's because it's partly uh, that the uh, Guardians are going to make a contribution to that. Well, since they're all sort of playing each other, the top three, there's going to be somewhat of a contribution from somebody. You just don't want it to be you. Um, yep, <laughs> you just don't want to be the contributor. Yeah. So, um, you, Kevin, as we you want to be the trickle on this one. <laughs> what uh, when we start seeing 
Uh, these guys laying on, they're talking about cutting all kinds of uh, corporate spots and distribution centers and pilots and everything, uh, FedEx. Uh, same thing sort of happened with Amazon, how many distribution centers are closed. They're not closing any in the Chicago area, but um, we're, we're starting they're to... They're, they're going to open one in a couple of months over here. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think, obviously the new ones are probably always better than the old ones, but still, it's a <clears throat> it's an interesting... I mean, I don't know how bad the... Uh, the economy's going to get here. I mean, I don't. I, what, what I think what they've done in a lot of ways, and I'm having, I'm certainly having trouble because of the amount of money in the system and because of the nominal prices on stuff. I, I can't tell when, when cars are up thirty percent or whatever the hell they are. I can't tell if General Motors or Ford are doing any good. I know anybody trying to buy a car <coughs> isn't. <coughs> and I'll tell you this: if we uh, <coughs> were more mildly clairvoyant during the COVID. You know, actually, Audrey had one for sale with uh, five lifts or something. We should have bought a car repair place. They're mobbed. Nobody, no, no. I don't know. I don't know of anybody who's even thinking about a new car. Are you? Do you? Nope. Um, I well, actually, I think uh, the lady who's on. Uh, no, the, the the good deals to be had were on used cars uh, in in um, twenty twenty. Well, I think Nancy just bought one. Uh, we'll ask her if she's on Sunday, Monday. And I think uh, she bought a new whatever, whatever she thinks she has, like a Honda SUV or something like that, Toyota SUV. And uh, <clears throat> I think, they, but she only her old one was only two or three years old. And the guy says, you know, I'll give you so much money for your old one that you're right back to a regular price one. Why don't you get a new one? And she did. So, so her net, since hers was in really nice shape, her net <clears throat> wasn't bad, evidently. You know, so I mean, you are you are getting more in your trade in, of course, because of the used car prices are up to the roof too. But uh, I, you know, anyway, the guy the guy evidently didn't screw her with over list or anything like that. So she ended up getting a new one that she thought was not so bad. So I, I, well, I, the reason I the reason I said it was it was such a good deal in 2020 is that's when all the rental cars uh, yeah places you know were looking and saying nobody is traveling. I have to dump inventory onto the market. Otherwise, I have everything tied up in non-earning assets, and um, so uh, there, there were great deals to be gotten on used cars then. They just aren't anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm getting I'm getting fairly worried here, and I, and I really don't like whoever is in charge, whoever it is. I mean, I mean, the things were not going well under Trump. As long as the market came up, he was patting himself on the back every day. You know, this guy, whatever number is positive, he's looking at the labor numbers. He's patting himself on the back, and he's blind to everything else. I mean, I mean, boy, oh boy, he's. I mean, I, I guess presidents have always. Well, they, they did have. They did have some growth pre-pandemic. It, it was, um, and and it was modest, but there was even real wage growth, at least as it, as it pertains to the way that we report um, uh, inflation numbers. Uh, so, you know, there 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 were some positives going on. It's just that. Um, uh, you know everything got undermined, and Trump under you know he did it to himself. You know he did he did shutdowns that he shouldn't have done. Um, they spent money. They spent the trillions as well. Um, so uh, you know I, I'm I'm no happier with him than I am with uh, with a lot of the people you know on on the left that uh, except that they were a little more insistent on keeping everybody locked up and slowing down business. Yeah. And, and knocking people out of business, but other than the, that particular insistence, um, you know they were just as complicit. Well, if you if you look at the 
economic numbers from essentially flying out of 2008. So from the beginning of the Obama era, which, you know, the last, what, the last two, three months of Bush and the first two, three months of Obama is when all the bad stuff happened. So I don't know if you blame it on either one of them, but, but, you, but anyway, that's what happened timing-wise. And if you look at the months pretty much starting after that, you know, when the, when the bank stuff got settled down a little bit and those kinds of things, you look at the, the growth and, every, and everybody was laid off. Once we started to come up, the amount of people jobs gained per month and the amount of uh, the unemployment dropping down, up between then and COVID, you almost can't tell that there even was a change of present. Yeah, I mean, it just was it was relentless, you know, the, the, re- the recovery from 2008. And I think the, the inflation had already well started because you had a money supply growth much higher than the regular growth. Oh, yeah, and we, we talked about that yeah. here on the show when when Biden got elected, that there will be inflation. There will be economic growth. The economy is going to re- rebound. But we, we knew, we talked about it at the time, that there will be inflation. You can't drop that much money into the uh, economy and, and not see it. The problem was they went and did more. Yeah, and, 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 and they wanted to do more, and that just made it worse. Yeah, and but but the uh, and, and they and what they could have done was said, yeah, we're getting inflation because we have a lot of growth. But look at how the economy is coming back. They could have taken full credit for that, and just patted themselves yeah. on the back. Well, there was it, it was politically stupid to do what they did. Well, I, I don't. I think uh, I'm not so sure that uh, when when Trump and again, I I am not. The, the man's instincts, in a lot of ways, I, I agree with the guy and a lot of his stuff. and His execution is a little... I still don't exactly know what the motivation you're was. saying his execution, you're in favor of it? Uh, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> uh, who, who was that? What manager? Uh, no, that was uh, John McKay. Yeah. <laughs> when, he, when he was the uh, head coach of the Buccaneers and when they were a brand-new franchise. Mm. And, uh, and they were terrible. They lost so many games in a row. Uh, to start the, uh, the whole, the the whole year. It was like a year and a half yeah, uh, that yeah. they went. And at one point, uh, yeah, someone asked him how he felt about his offense's execution, and he said, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> but I, I still don't exactly know. I mean, I, I've never been a fan of China. I've never been a fan of them poaching uh, all the, the, you know, the copyrights and all the other stuff they did. And I, and I also know that depending on who you were, what industry, you either loved them or hated them, right? I mean, if you're Microsoft, they steal all your stuff. You probably hate them, although they do business there. But the guy from Coca-Cola, he sees a billion people sipping on a Coke every day. He thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. So it sort of depends. I mean, I don't know how being in the Oval Office, having to deal with that ping-pong ball over the net every day would be very difficult. So Trump essentially calls him out, wings these tariffs up there. I I don't really know what the end game ever was, Kevin. Oh, no, it was pretty clear. Uh, It was to negotiate a different deal. And uh, and they, you know, if you recall, they got to phase one, such as it was, but then they had, you know, the idea was they had to prove it, um, and then they had to negotiate the phase two part, and it, you know, at it, 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 whatever point they got to, and, you know, you can, you can debate whether they ever would have gotten to that point. I, I would tend to guess no, because that's the history of uh, CCP, is that they, you know, whatever they promise is not what they do. Right. Um, and uh, so it might not have ever gotten there, but the end game was clearly about negotiating a deal and, and to try and squeeze them into doing it. Well, I just, it seems from what I, what I have read and what I've experienced with those guys is that it, the, the issue is, is really more what Carl brings up than it is the Chinese government. I mean, 
the issue is the corporations essentially offload their 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 child labor, their slave labor, and their and their and their pollution, and and they create stuff cheaper there, and and our our consumers love it. Therein lies the rub. I don't I don't know how you could ever attempt to shove the this Chinese government who's making money because they're getting paid off by all these corporations. I, I'm not so sure that that's where you start to cure from. I, I don't know where you do, but it just seems like you, know, you you disrupted a bunch of stuff, but they're not really enough to where the people here believed that it was going to be this way for a long period of time. So you wouldn't really wouldn't really commit money to start something up here. Now we're starting to see that a little bit, but it it kind of was just kind of a, a let, let's you know let, let's plow this field under without even knowing what we were going to plant next. It seemed to me. I, you know, it just seemed haphazard. But maybe everything these guys do, both sides is haphazard. I don't know. Yeah, you know, look, the motto of the U.S. government is, oops, we didn't think it through. Well, yeah. Uh, what, what did Churchill say? Ameri- Americans will finally get it right after they try every other solution first. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. Um, well, and, and you know what? I'm, I'm okay with, with, with trying. It's just that, you know, it's... You, if, if you have ideas, you, you, testing them out is a beautiful thing, but it, testing them out is on a limited basis, and you know, with with the baseline data and then the uh, improvement data, so that you can compare them, and then and then and only then do you implement on a wide scale. That's the way any normal business would operate. So when, when you know when we have that argument, do they operate like a business? No, they just you know, well, they operate like a bad business, right? Now, and what they do is somebody, you know, somebody, very top down, and they come out. It's like the CEO who comes out and says, I have this great idea because some guy at the country club told me that this is what they do at their company, so I want us to do it at our company. And then they go do it at their company, and it's a miserable failure because it's just not a fit, and nobody understands it, and, it's not, it, and nobody understood it when they implemented it. And, uh, and so they have to step on all these landmines, even if they ever get to. Uh, a good outcome to it, but chances are they're never going to get to a good outcome, and it'll drop, and then we'll move on to the next thing. I think you're just uh, jealous they didn't let you in the country club. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably it. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, much like Groucho Marx, I don't think I'd want to be a member of the club that w- uh, of any anything that would have me as a member. Mm-hmm. I don't hey, want to uh, find any club that would have me as a member. Real, real, real quick, uh, my my guys, uh, my 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 peeps in the railroad industry. Claim there's a real solid chance that this thing gets voted down. This, this uh, country. Well, that's. Uh, I was thinking that yesterday when they announced it. You know, we've only heard the announcement from the White House. Uh, we have. You know, we never got um, confirmation that it's a go uh, from the union side. And if it gets voted down, wouldn't that be a huge embarrassment? Well, the uh, after after, after uh, doing the victory dance yesterday. Um, well, this so, gentleman you know, says that they have been out there being really, really cautious yesterday. Well, this dude was saying that, uh, and I have to I have to meet him some night and get more of the information. But uh, he says they five years ago they implemented something called a, a five-five plan. Now, what what do you think that might be, Mister Mister Industry uh, Expert? Is it, is it similar to the one Moses Malone did for the playoffs? Uh, no, what was that? Oh, oh, oh. Oh no! <laughs> uh, no, this is in in five years. We're gonna run the railroad with fifty percent of our current employees' staff by making them less days off, less this, whatever. And uh, actually, can't can't wait to talk to Lou next week because 
He says if, if you call in sick, uh, they can direct you to, you have to go to a doctor and get essentially a checkup. And you also have to sign, if you're, if you're not willing to sign over those doctor's records so the company can see them, you're fired. And they made it down to 61% of the workforce in the five years. They almost made it to 55% or 50%. And now with his new contract, with the new work rules, there's a, there's a slight let up. They're going to be going the other way. And evidently that's, that's why the company is totally pissed because they're not, they're not going to make their other... You know, I mean, it's it's a yeah, so that's a that's a pretty co- cool way to build a trusting relationship between management yeah. and staff, isn't it? Um, the, the, he, go, he goes, the the the, mo- the motto is, uh, we we love this bleeping railroad because they all love their jobs. We love this bleeping railroad while this bleeping radio, railroad is trying to bleep us. <laughs> <laughs> okay then, uh, but you know, I whenever you have. I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of this. Of, of a you, I mean, I like, I mean, unions. I've obviously went over the deep end a few times, but uh, with some of the work rules, but some of that's come back. But how exactly do you, do you negotiate against Burlington Northern or the Union Pacific? I mean, it's it's not. How is One that? How, yeah, but how's that? How's that an arm's length transaction? One side is so much bigger than you. I mean, you got the better attorneys. They got everything. I mean, how do you? Ever, you might you might claw to where you're somewhat in there, but these guys aren't going to get. F- all those people back. If they're lucky, they'll get five percent back, or the, or the decrease will stop. They're not. They're not going to go anywhere near back. And I, I doubt. I mean, anytime somebody starts, you know, demanding that you give them your your uh, medical records and stuff, you know, I got a problem with that, Kevin. I, I just do. I mean, just me. I, I agree. And yet, uh, you know, companies were doing it uh, for proof of vaccination, and and continue to do it for proof of vaccination. In, in many well, cases. Well, I, I'm not saying that's so, a right. You know, that is a demand to turn over a medical record. And um, you know, uh, if I were facing that, I'd you know flip in the middle finger and say it's been nice knowing you. But it's also nice to be old when you when you're doing that, and you can say, okay, I'll just start handing out cards at Walmart sooner than I planned. Um, and uh, so you know that's great. But uh, you know, if if you have uh, you know mouths to feed and, uh, and you know and and every you know everything that goes with having a family. That's not so easy. So, and, and Carl's actually written some really good stuff about this. So maybe he'll want to comment when he uh, um, when he gets on. But you know, so what? So what's the alternative then? Well, the alternative is that people will hate you. Your employees will hate you, and you will never get anything more than the minimum effort required to keep your job. Well, that's true. Uh, and and so you know, you you, you get your payback anyway. Um, well, I, I don't know how much you can. You know, I, I, these guys, I, I can't imagine, I mean, you know, the place I work, Pullman, and talk about a history of, of problems with the, with the uh, workers. I mean, George Pullman thought he was God. You know, he thought he was he was worth bigger than Caesar and it, his way to the highway. And then he was one of those guys where you, I think he got paid in Scrit. It was a company house, and he, they basically owned you. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a 16-ton all over again, except it wasn't the, the coal industry. But they, you know, any any kind of movement where a player, um, uh, a, player a, a union guy, uh, thought he had a right. I mean, boy, you got you got slapped back so fast. But still, it doesn't. If if you're a welder, Kevin, you don't you don't bleep up a weld, hoping that the train car falls apart and keep people dying. The thing. I mean, you don't you don't do that. I mean, 
I mean, no, nobody's going to do that. That's yeah. uh, not not the point, though. The point isn't sabotage. It's just saying, okay, how fast do you expect me to do the weld? Guess what? You know what? If you you know, I can do it in half the time. But you know what? If the standard is this, that's what you're going to get. Well, yeah, you're not going to get better in standard, but but I'm saying you also can't just decide to go twice as slow either. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I'm saying that the, the the company has a lot of power in those instances, and the. I can't even imagine what it must have been like in the company towns where there was one place where everybody worked and the whole family worked there. And if, if one of the kids messed up, it would fall back on the old man, you know, your kid is a mess up. I mean, I can't even imagine the pressure that those people held on families. Well, yes yes, and no. See, there, there's there's another side to that. Um, there, there's an outfit uh, over uh, here, not far from here, in Plymouth, which is Marshall County right next to uh, South Bend. And I, I don't mind mentioning the company because I think it's a really good company. Uh, it's ITAMCO, and they make gears of all kinds, but really, you know, huge industrial gears that you, you might get on uh, earth-moving equipment and, uh, you know, small ones and gears for airplanes and all kinds of stuff. Um, when, you know, I've, I've talked to some of the leadership there, and when they went through um, the, uh, uh, you know, the economic downturn in 2009, they were very conscious of the idea that, the same people, the same people who are their employees and who they, uh, um, you know, they have to decide whether to lay them off or not, are also the same people uh, that they see at school events and at church and in the grocery store and so on. And they talked about, they, you know, they talked about that um, voluntarily to to me that they said, you know, we had to worry, we had to really make sure that we shared the pain and we took our fair share of the pain along with all of our employees because, you know, this is our community. And I think when you get into that company town situation, you can be that way. It's, it's not so much take it or shove it. There may be a whole lot of power tied up in it and everything else, but ultimately, you know, do you want to get shunned where you live? Well, I, I agree. I, I think the people who have the, the most power are, are people that are you never met. I mean, uh, he's been in Singapore forever. He's been on the show a few times. My friend John Lee, he's a contributor. Mm. Uh He's been involved in a couple of these multinational shakeups, where some big consulting firm will buy another consulting firm. And there, you know, there's five thousand people there, and without a blink, they say, "Lay off twenty percent of the people." It's so easy to do that from like Finland, <laughs> you know, when the when the office you're laying off is in uh, Singapore. Right, or, you never or, have or to look Hong, anybody in the eye. Never have to look anybody in the eye. You just say, "Get rid of twenty percent of them," even though, you know, I mean, how do you? I mean, the first thing you learn in, in, in grad school in, in labor management was the worst thing you possibly can do is say is do a 10% across the board cut or five. Because the, the manager who's doing a good job, you're, you're, you're screwing him, and the guy who's doing a bad job, he didn't even care because he's got two people extra anyway. Yeah, right? no, I've, I've been around for cuts, and I've had to make that case. Saying, I'm not your problem. I don't hire people I don't need in the first place. I, you know, I keep it lean. And... I, you know, I generally had a lot of success doing that, actually. Well, my stepfather, you know, but, he was kind of a wacky the, the, dude. The but thing, the thing you got to do, just you know, some savvy political advice for for uh, from an old guy for uh, young managers out there who are listening, is real simple. You got to make sure you're making that case every single day. When you got to be yeah. making that case when things are fine and mm. you know and, and everything's going well, so that you have that imprint, and so. Now, when a decision gets made or a tough decision like that has to be made, you're, they're saying, "Well, yeah, but I already know you guys. Uh, you guys aren't my problem." Well, you know, my stepfather was kind of a character. He knew him well, but he, boy, he had no problem standing up for his people. I remember one time 
the guys in his accounting department, I mean, he, he was pretty, always, you know, he very proud of him being lean, everybody working. He was very diverse, didn't care what everybody looked like as long as they did a good job. And the, the guy says, I'm going to lay off two people. So he, he walks into the, he tastes, well, come on into the accounting room. There's like 15 people in there hacking away because those days did everything by hand. He says, point out anybody who's not working. The guy goes, looks like they're all working. He goes, all right, you pick two. And I'll, and I'll let you know. I'll let you know what we do. What, what we just got rid of accounts payable, accounts receivable. The guy goes, "All right, forget it." Left. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, maybe sometimes you can do stuff like that. Kevin, have a nice weekend. Uh, I will not see you tomorrow, uh, but the, you'll, you'll see the rest of the gang. And uh, are they going to win one? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh God. God, I hope so. SP Futures down thirty-two, and Nasdaq Futures down one fifteen. By the way, I got to deal with our boys again tonight. I'm in double duty here. Back, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be in Chicago, but I'm going to be in Chicago for my uh, um, reunion, my high school reunion. Well, this this is this will totally floor you. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, uh, Flanny was a no show. I know that'll that'll yeah. rock your world. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be right back, Mr. Carl Denninger. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. (laughs) Yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here?
Hello and welcome back to Jackson. I'm Tom I'm Matt Byrne on the board. Uh, we have Mr. Harold Denger here in a second. SP Futures down on 37. That's the lowest I've seen him. Uh, NASDAQ Futures down 134. Dow Futures down 216. This is sort of, Carl, this is unfortunately danger that we've been talking about on the show forever. It's sort of playing out, and it doesn't make me happy that it's playing out, but it is. Well, it's, it's, I don't know why. I don't know why we, and I use we in the in the broader sense, not you and I specifically, but we as a nation, as a Congress, as an executive, as a, as states. We've allowed both the political and the business folks to believe in one-way bets that will never change. And, you know, I put a post up on this this morning. I've been, I've been talking about it for 10 years. Um, if you look at the, if you look at what happened with FedEx last night, okay, FedEx tried to blame their miss on Asia. Yeah. Well, FedEx didn't miss on revenues. Well, I mean, I'm sure they raised all their prices. Well, uh, but the point is, they didn't miss on revenue. Right. Okay, by any material, I mean, okay, they, they did by, you know, a, a 1% or something like that. It, was, it, was yeah, was, it wasn't even 1%, I don't think. No, it was, it was, it was nothing. It was a fraction. Um, what they missed on, to a huge degree, was on EPS. That's why their stock got pounded. But here's... Here's the point. Take a look at the debt that is on that company's sheet. Okay, now FedEx is, I don't know if they're a triple-A credit, but they're certainly well into investment grade. Okay, Berkshire is a triple-A credit. There's only like there's they, only like three or four that are, right? Yeah, but, but Berkshire's yeah. one of them. Okay, I mean, Berkshire's arguably one of the better-run companies in the United States. I, I don't care who you, you know, do, do that. Well, I don't, I'm no fan of Buffett and some of the BS that he's pulled, especially during the time of the crash when he got deals that nobody else could get and made a whole lot of money basically screwing everybody else. Um, and, and he did it by doing things that if you or I did it, we'd go to prison. Well, so, no, he it, also wasn't that, it wasn't just that he was good at finagling things. He did things that he had special dispensation to do, including and, and he still does, including acquiring the stock of companies without having to declare it to the SEC. He has an exemption that nobody else has. Okay, and that kind of thing is, you know, is a big part of where that all came from. But when you look at the way, as, as I've pointed out repeatedly, corporations, I, I can show excellent numbers without ever making a single thing, without ever improving productivity, without ever doing something better, faster, or cheaper, which is the definition of, of how you're supposed to make money, right? Is you come up with a way to do something better, faster, cheaper. And, and a good part of the time you can do two of the three you frequently can't do all of them. Um, and so my, my favorite saying when I was running my internet company is, you know, better, faster, cheaper, pick any two. It, once in a while, we managed to figure out how to do all three at a time, and that's, that's when you really make a lot of money. Uh, but the, the better, faster, cheaper in this case has been rates are always going to be down to flat, and, theref and therefore corporations historically, and you take a look at a long-term chart on this from Fred, Corporations historically have never paid off a single penny of their bond indebtedness, ever. They no. always roll it over. Okay? And and if if you look at where this where this now stands, non financial firms, a 
Okay, this is this is fairly simple stuff. You can look it up on Fred, um, and then you take a look at, at you know, that number, and you look at what's happened at the stock market. You see an almost exact correlation, very very high level of correlation. So, if I can borrow a huge amount of money, and I pay X amount of interest, and when it comes time to refund that debt, because you know, it's a, say I issue a ten-year bond, the ten years are up, and I can roll it over at a lower interest rate than what I was paying before. If if I had a billion dollars on debt, and I was paying fifty million dollars to service that, now I'm going to pay twenty-five because I now have a two and a half percent rate. It was five before, and I pay that every year. That goes that that reduction in my expense drops immediately to my EPS. Therefore, that makes my PE expand. Oh yeah. Okay. My my E goes up. My my you know, and as a result, PE comes down. That's what happens. To stock price it goes up to make that the back go where it was. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Except what happens when that reverses? And now I have that debt out. I never paid it off. I don't care if I use it for a productive purpose or not. Most of the time, these guys don't. But even if they did, when that reverses and I never pay them off, now my $100 billion worth of debt that's outstanding comes up for refunding. And instead of being 2%, it's cost me 6 because the, the 10-year treasury has gone from 1% to 5 And as a AAA credit, I'm probably going to trade somewhere around 100 basis points over treasuries. Well, I mean, uh, the Warren Buffett, like my only comment there, and again, I, as an individual, I have no issue with the dude, but uh, he basically doesn't give anybody any money, and he's an old guy, and, and a lot of old guys kind of felt this way, I mean, you know, whatever, maybe a lot of people feel this way, that if if, if you can have all this money at, at the at the whim when nobody, when everybody else has a problem, you can you can be a you can be a buzzard basically. Which is what yeah, he is. And, you know, well, and, and, and he is. Okay. Yeah. But realize this. Berkshire right now has $119 billion outstanding of debt on their sheet. That's a lot. It's a lot. Okay. And this and this is a company. Okay. Now, now granted, people will say, yeah, but they do almost $300 billion a year in revenue. It's true. They do. But... <laughs> what is what is their operating margin? About five percent. Yeah. Well. Okay. I think and, if you were... you know what, and, and their their net margin is four. So I mean, these guys these guys are extremely efficient. They, you know, five from five point four percent operating margin and four percent net. Oh boy, that that's really good, right? But even so, take a look at what happens to them. If if that hundred billion dollars that's sitting out on their sheet goes from two percent to six, well, I, I think there's a lot of these places you can you can certainly put your nose at. I I would uh, I mean you, you like beat up on those guys. I I I am astounded with the with the airlines. I mean, talk about they love leverage. Look, Berkshire is, as I said, one of the better run firms out there when it comes to this stuff. You take a look at the airlines. You look at you look at companies like AT and T. Well, I'm surprised you've left out of. I'm surprised you've left out of your 
uh, analysis here is that I think, I mean, if you looked at what happened United Airlines between uh, basically uh, a little after 9-11 and the start of COVID, the last the 10 years before COVID, I think they had the best years the airlines have ever had. And their cash flow was dramatic. And I, I, I remember seeing this once. I should check it again before I say something about a lot of it out there anyway. I think that virtually every dime they made, instead of, say, they're making, you know, $2 billion a year or whatever in cash flow, I, had a, I, have, to, I have a belief that if you and I were on the board and they want they to buy, use that to the entire amount to buy stock back, you and I would say, humorous, will you? There's two guys on the board here. What do you say we buy one bleeping plane that we actually show up to, to pick up the next 737 and give Boeing a check instead yeah. of buying instead of borrowing it and, and buying the stock back? I mean, you could really humorous and, and do two a year <laughs> out of out of the 500 we fly. But wouldn't you think that that after you know when it, when the COVID thing starts, which again shouldn't happen to anybody, everything shut down, blah blah blah. Wouldn't you think that after the last fiasco of the uh, you know, 9-11, that they would they would make it an effort to at least own 20% of their planes or 25% when they're making all that money instead of just buying a stack back. What, just well, show up once in a while with a check. No, because think about the uh, No, and, and here's why, Chief. The, the reason is that then you lag your group when quarterly earnings come along. And then BlackRock and and the and Timco and such come in and say, oh, by the way, you're not hiring enough black people. And and therefore you're going on the ESG blacklist. When the real reason is you you you, know, you missed your comps within your sector by you know by five percent. Well, but, and but it's somewhere along the line they use this to pillory you, and all of a sudden there's no institutional support on your stock price, and the, and the company collapses. Well, I I think that at some point good management means good stock prices because I mean well it it does through a full cycle, but what you have is you have people, it's the same sort of stupidity that went on with, with all the stuff related to COVID. Okay? In in March and April of 2020, when we knew almost nothing about this virus, because it, it had just magically shown up. Now, in point of fact, at that point in time, I ran some mathematical models and said that they had to be here in the United States no later than October of 2019. And we knew that within the first couple of months too, but you know the the narrative was this thing showed up in you know late January, early February in the U.S. Okay, so they shut the schools down, and everything else. But a month and a half later, we knew that kids basically never got hosed by this thing. Yeah, it happened once in a while, and it, bad things always happen once in a while. But in general, that was the case. And yet by then, the the so-called science was that we had to leave these things. We were done for the year. Nobody's going back to school this year. And then, in some parts of the country, nobody went back to school the next year. Well, and right, now, yeah. we, have, we have kids. We have an entire generation of children, those in the, in the formative grades, the first few grades. If you do not learn to read, and, if you, and in order to do that, you have to be able to see people's faces. If you do not learn to read and to speak and, and to form that part, that is the core of learning and absolutely everything as a human being. Oh, sure. All right. We now have a group of people, of kids, 
who are permanently damaged in that regard. And 10 years from now, those people are going to come into the workforce and destroy the productivity of this nation, and there's nothing we can do about it. Well, I, I think the, you've seen it in a lot of people already that have spent their, when they're supposed to be reading their under, under cell phone. But what I'm saying is I, I, don't, I don't see why these companies, have, in, in good times, you're supposed to, I, I'm just saying, I, but the idea that, that every single plane that all these people own is always got to be leased, and you're, you're, you're always, you're four days away, you're, you're a four-day asteroid away from being out of business. I don't think that's good management. I just, I just don't. I mean, it's ter- Chief, it's terrible management. But look, do, do you tell me where it hasn't been done over the last twenty, thirty years. Okay, going all the way back to the tech wreck. Some, some industries. What did we learn from the tech wreck? We learned nothing. As soon as we, all we learned, well, actually, let me take that back. What we learned was that whenever somebody got in trouble, nine eleven, for example. Okay, so so a bunch of nut jobs. Uh, you know, the, the model forever was if somebody shows up and says this is a hijacking, that they want to go to Cuba. Like, yeah. I, re- I remember this when I was a kid. Oh, me too. When me that too. crap was going on. And and that was when metal detectors showed up in, in airports. Right? But this was this was the premise, was that uh, the guy wants to ride somewhere. <laughs> okay? yeah, yeah. And, and oh, by the way, you're taking him because otherwise he's threatening to kill you. So that was the model. Okay, we had plenty of information, and, I, and uh, on the anniversary, 21st anniversary, 9-11 can now drink, uh, I mm-hmm. went and put together a, just a, a very short list of a, of a half dozen things that were deliberate male pheasants, that if you or I did it, they'd be criminal offenses and we would go to prison for gross negligence. These are things that the government, one or another agency of our government did if any of them had not happened, 9-11 would not have occurred. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean... Okay, so, so, but here's the thing. Not one person went to jail for this. Nobody even lost their job. It's, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, we, we don't, we, we don't, the, the, well, how can I say this? We've been talking about this kind of all week. I mean, when, when people talk about this prosecutorial, uh, whatever, discretion, a lot of it has to do with who they think they're going to. In my opinion, Carl, it's who they think they're going to find. It's not. It's not that uh, you're going to get you know a couple of Republicans, maybe more than a couple, that that fly off the handle at, at Hillary Clinton, which clearly was getting money from people overseas to run for political office here, which I don't think you're supposed to do. And I also, uh, I don't, know if, I don't know if it's a law, whatever. I, I'm not sure. That's that actually it, illegal. That's yeah, actually I think, illegal. I think it is. Uh, and or you know. That Hunter Biden managed to follow a bunch of U.S. money into uh, the U- uh, Ukraine and, and benefit by it and end up on the board of some. I think not even the people on the other side of the aisle want to go down that road because the names you're going to uncover are everybody, everybody's kid or nephew in Washington of every every person we've ever known. Not everyone, but oh yeah, and, and but you know, I mean, here's the thing: is that, you know, people are like, oh, you know, it's not that big a deal. Well, I got to tell you something: as a treasurer. As a, as a former treasurer for a guy who ran for Congress. And I did the job for him because the guy that he had originally chosen was not doing what he was supposed to. And as the candidate, if you run into that situation, you run the risk of you being the one who goes to jail. So, uh, you know, I took it over because I liked the guy and I was involved in the, in the Libertarian Party at the time. Uh, and so I did it. I unscrewed his books <laughs> well, <that's laughs> and then good. ran his books for the rest of the campaign. 
you have to make a reasonably diligent inquiry as to where every single dollar of political contribution comes from. And if you don't, and it is traced to a foreign entity, you're in a crap ton of trouble. Well, you you keep it away from the campaign. Well, you can't you can't take the money, okay? And I mean, do people do do does it happen accidentally? And uh, you know where you really are doing your best, but somebody's trying to play games. Well, yes, it does. And the thing is, is generally speaking, when that happens, there's a fine involved and things like this. But if you actually turn the turn the other eye, you run the risk of being criminally charged. I, okay, but I, I mean. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not a money launderer. I, I suppose I could learn. I said, yeah, but I'm just saying that's what it is. But if, if I set off, a, okay. if I set, if I set up the, the the chief foundation in Zimbabwe to do a water plant, and all of a sudden I have all these people on the payroll of the chief foundation that are running my campaign, duh. I mean, I mean, no, no, nobody's going to walk down that road from the government. I mean, it, because I mean, every, right? Because you're going to find that everybody on the other side is doing the same thing. Yeah. Or, or the, the you know the Hunter Biden situation. You're not gonna. I mean, every every check the, when these guys write, you know, two billion dollar uh, whatever grant to you know pick you know bizarro world, they know there's two billion dollars going there. I guarantee you, some of our people are following it down there, getting a piece of it. Oh, you know? it, oh, absolutely. And you know that's. But the but the the issue is that when you put when you put in place an institutional level of corruption like that and you were allowed to go on over the space of decades, and nobody goes to jail. I mean, you, you just look at the, just just the other day, you know, Fauci was being grilled by Rand Paul again, all right? Yeah, it's always a and, fun and, interview. Well, and he blatantly lied about what he previously said. Lying before Congress is a felony. Yeah, but nobody, nobody, nobody does it. But nobody goes to jail for doing it, Okay. We have the same thing that goes on within, you know, within corporate America and within corporate governance. We see the same sort of thing all the time. And if we want to ever have a solution to any of these problems, this kind of thing has to be punished, and it has to be well, punished I can remember on, the, on an across-the-board basis. I can remember the, uh, but you know what, the boy, oh boy, I you know, I'm with you on this, but it's kind of good radio and, and actually just good discussion is. When you when you define lie, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going to say that when I heard the the executives of the cigarette companies, when was this like twenty years ago? Oh, say, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's that that video still floating around. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're going to say, and I, I think the best one I ever heard, Carl, by far, Sammy Sosa. I don't know if you remember that, they yeah. dragged they dragged him in front of Congress. And he read a statement. First of all, he, could, he couldn't understand English, right? Which is such BS. It's scary. Uh, he he, uh, he 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 read a statement that said something like, "I have never broken the laws of the U.S. or Dominican Republic, and I've never injected myself with steroids." Now, I would say that if I'm not a religious guy that to that huge extent, I was raised Catholic and like to think that uh, I know right from wrong. Um, I'm going to say there's a big difference between quote a lie and uh, the other term would be bearing false witness. Right now. He didn't lie at all there, okay. But he he certainly bore false witness. Well, yeah, because he he could have he could have taken the plane to Mexico, dropped fifteen steroid pills, and hopped on the plane and go back to Dominican Republic. But he didn't inject himself. And by the way, they're not illegal in Mexico, and he didn't break the law right. in the U.S. or Mexico. So I think what these guys are very very careful that they send you off onto a, dire, a direction, and 
so, telling somebody 80% of the story sometimes is a bigger lie than telling a lie. And, and, and they're very, very good at it. Well, Chief, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's, you know, but I mean, when we look at what's going on right now within the markets, okay, yeah. and we look at, at the pattern that has been set forward, and the fact that, that for the last 20 years, every single time the stock market throws a temper tantrum and has a, you know, has, has a 4% down day, the Fed comes in and tosses money at the problem and, and quote unquote fixes it. Yep. Okay. That's been, I mean, this is Pavlov's dog stuff, right? At the point, I, I, we've got two cats. All I got to do is open the pantry and pick up the cat treat bag, and they're both at my feet rubbing all over my legs. That's because they love I, you. They love yeah, you. I haven't even opened the bag yet, but they know that it's in there. And, and the minute that I open up that pantry door and touch that bag, that sound is unique enough that they know that the odds are they're going to get a treat, Right. Pavlov's dog, same deal, right? The dog salivates even though the steak hasn't come out of the fridge yet. And the thing is that that's what we have habituated the people in the markets and in the people on Tout TV along with everywhere else. Well, guess what? The reason, and Congress too, by the way, throwing money around like it's water. Oh, yeah. And the reason that they've gotten away with it, and, and you know, I mean, it's... it's like what happened after 2007, I, I had done some mathematical modeling and I said, look, what I think what I think is going to happen is the DX, which are trading about 80 at the time, I said, I did, the modeling on this says the DX is going to 40. Well, that's a catastrophic devaluation. It was 50%. Oh, yeah. It didn't happen. Okay. It actually, we got down, I think it was 68 or something like that and, and started to bounce, come back the other way. I said, okay, what did I miss? Because math was right. So what did I miss? Well, what I missed was trade sequestration, which is how we've been doing this for the last 20 years. Right? And once I found that, then I went and I put that into the calculation. Hey, guess what? Everything matches up. It's, it's, the correlation is like, you know, four nines. I'm like, um, okay. Well, then Ukraine and Russia get into this and the trade sequestration disappears. Now all of a sudden, the habituation that we've done doesn't work anymore. And that means that inflation is coming back into the United States and it's going to continue to do so as long as we continue to spend in deficit. And as a result, the only option that the Fed has to stop it is to keep raising rates. There's nothing else they can do. And if Congress will not cut this out, then the Fed ultimately has to choke Congress. And in order to do that, if people say Paul Paul made a mistake by taking rates where he did. No, he didn't. He did what he had to do because Congress wasn't going to cut it out until and unless he did so. See, I think he made. I think he made a big mistake. Not well. Not. I, I know. I know. We've talked about this before. Okay, but I I think what, where you're wrong on that. Okay, is that yes? If you look at where it was from the standpoint of the economy, you're right. Okay, and, I'm, and I, I won't argue on that. Where you're wrong is that it wasn't that he was entirely aiming there. What he was aiming at was disabusing Congress of the notion that they should they could turn around and run deficits at a fiscal level and not have it reflect back into the economy. And the only way to stop Congress from doing it was to make it painful enough that they had to stop. Well, it's okay for to run a deficit if you go out and borrow it. But they, they don't want to borrow it. They want to print it. But printing it's worse than borrowing it. 
they're they're if you never pay it off, it's the same thing. And so, you know, but what what we have done is habituate people to the idea that you're never ever going to actually have to pay a higher coupon on your on the debt, and therefore there's no reason on God's green earth for you to ever pay it off. My my, well, I'll explain this more off the break. But my my bitch against Volker was not with anything that you just said. By the way, I agree with all that. My bitch with him is, and and, and the guys that I talk to from the Fed, by the way, because uh, I haven't talked to many of them since COVID, because they they don't they never work. Uh, the um, they they don't they're they're very good at what they do, Carl. Uh, matter of fact, uh, you you wouldn't want to have an economic history discussion with any of these guys. I mean, for God's sake, they're. I've learned so much from them, but get them get them out of their wheelhouse. And I talk to them about stuff like how do you, how do you make policy based on a CPI number when it's blatantly wrong, right? And and they'll say something like which makes sense, I guess. Uh, and then we'll go to break. It makes sense. They'll say you can't walk into a Fed meeting and the first thing you do is take the documents from another group of government and say these are all bleeped up. We're not going to use them. Because now, right. so you you just can't you just can't do that. I mean, so and, and they're not about to. S and P futures up uh, down forty one. Nasdaq futures down one forty two. We'll continue this after break. Be right back. Stocks and jacks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities Luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3000. 
708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Where's the Tylenol? Illinois Pay Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Matt Byrne on the board. Uh, by the way, uh, Federal Express bought $1.46 billion worth of stock back February 28th of this year. Hmm. <laughs> Another broke. I, I don't know. We, when Carl goes back on, we can't write fiction like this. I don't know. He didn't yeah. sell a book. Just saying. Uh, uh, SP futures down 44 and NASDAQ futures down 151. We're not, we're not bouncing at all here. Uh, we've got. Um, Again, Federal Express, I've got it down uh, 42.22, over 20% now. It's not coming back at all. It's 20.6%, taking UPS with it, but they're only down 6%, 11.26, so not as bad. But every stock in the transportation area, as you can probably imagine here, is getting annihilated. Uh, we'll, I'll get the transportation, well, we'll get the transportation average number. They don't trade the future on that. Uh, over in Asia, we've got DK down 308, 1.1%, Shanghai down 73, 2.3%. Hang Seng down 168, under 19,000, 18,761. Yesterday was not a good day. Dow Jones down 173, S&P down 44, NASDAQ down 167. So right about where we are now, today. Uh, Europe, uh, DAX down 216, that's 1.68%. FTSE down 14.2%. Kick around down 92, that's 1.5%. So uh, down in Europe as well. Uh, bonds, 30-year uh, rate, or 10-year rate, 3.45 unchanged. The bun up two basis points, 1.75. Uh, Japan unchanged at uh, 0.25. We've got oil up 30 cents, 85.40. Brent up 71 cents, 91.55. Natural gas down 22 cents, 8.09. Arbob unchanged, 2.42. We've got gold down five bucks, 16.72. Silver down 23 cents, 19.03. Uh, copper down a penny at uh, 3.47. We've got Bitcoin uh, only up 13 dollars now, 19,000. 782 is 22.5, I believe, Monday morning. So it's kind of a whack whack this week there. Mm. Uh, the U.S. dollar is uh, against the euro. The euro is still only worth 99.6 cents to the dollar, which is, means the dollar has been very, very strong. Same thing with the uh, the pound is now under one under 114, which I haven't seen in like a really long time. Uh, Matt, what do you got for us, Trevi Weather Sports? Hey, good morning. Currently 7.35 a.m. on Friday, September 16th, 2022. Uh, traffic in Chicago, there currently is an accident eastbound on the Eisenhower involving two semis on the right shoulder. It was reported at 631 this morning, although currently not causing any significant delays, just keep it in mind. Uh, traffic otherwise, fairly normal. Uh, Chicago weather currently, mostly cloudy, currently 64 degrees, a high of 86 and a low of 64. In Phoenix, clear skies, currently 79 degrees, a high of 97 and a low of 76. In the MLB yesterday, White Sox beat Cleveland Guardians 8-2. The Diamondbacks played the San Diego Padres and won 4-0. Today, Cubs at Wrigley with Colorado Rockies. Game starts at 1.20 this afternoon. In the NFL yesterday, Thursday Night Football, LA Chargers up against Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs end up winning 27-24. This Sunday, Arizona Cardinals play Raiders at home in Las Vegas. Catch that at 3.25 in the afternoon. Uh, later on, though, Chicago Bears play the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Game starts at 7:20. 20 uh, In this season, Bears currently stand at one win, two Packers, one loss. We'll see how that changes Sunday night. 
All for now, back to you, Chief. Carl, one of these days I always would, wouldn't mind have gone to a, a game up at Lambeau, but I, I don't have any part, want any part of a night game. Just no. If I went, I'd like to go you know, in the morning and cook out brats like all the cheeseheads and During go to lunch. the game and you know, and then yeah. leave whatever right after. But the idea of piling out of there at 11 or 30 at night, I, I oh. just have zero interest. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just, I, it's, I, I look at the stuff. Well, you know, I sent, I sent to our list um, this quote from Barula, the Pfizer CEO, that the COVID shots 100% prevent you from getting COVID. Yeah. That was a false statement. He knew it was false when he made it. He made it in public. It's on Twitter. He knew it was false because his own data from their own clinical trials did not substantiate that statement. The, te- the test never even began to try and count that. It was, it was, it was, a, it was the idea of stopping the serious well, it cases. Wasn't, uh, the, 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 yeah, the, the, the trials that were run in the United States were not designed to prove this. No, nor, or the ones in, actually, I, the ones I read about were the ones in Brazil and Spain, and all they did was right. if, if he showed up in the hospital or dead, that that's what they wanted to figure out, whether it stopped people from getting it real bad. Right, but the, but the, the, the trials were never designed to prove that you've got sterile immunity from these jabs. Okay, it, it, was not, it was not part of the original trial design. You can't prove what you don't look for, okay, what you, what you don't design for. It was never part of the original design. But the CEO of the company showed up and made this statement repeatedly, including in public, and that statement formed the basis for all the mandates that followed and all of the coercion and the people screaming at each other and, you know, you, you are plague rats, you're going to kill my grandmother, blah, 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 all that nonsense. We, we have, and, and he has faced no consequence for this. Carol, there's a, I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask you a, a much deeper question on this. I want to get back to my statement on Volcker before I let you, let you walk away with a full victory. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, my, my, my question is, I suspect that you've known people, and, and I know I have, and, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm not 100% not guilty here. I, don't, I think I've been pretty close to not guilty, but I won't say there wasn't a time, not that I can remember, but when you're part of an organization, somehow or another, and I don't know what the power is, uh, you're, you're more likely to lie uh, for that corporation than you ever would. I'm, I'm going to say, if you if you went out and played golf with this Pfizer CEO, you probably wouldn't have to worry about him kicking a ball out from under a tree. He's probably an honest guy. But yet, when you, how many people will lie for their companies? How many people in the in the tobacco business said, "Wow, we don't think cigarettes harm anybody," when they know they? I mean, it's why why does companies get this power over people? where they will lie for them, maybe it's for their job and for their family's livelihood or whatever it is, but you're not, the guy's not going to tell you it's raining outside when it's not. I mean, Well, it's, pa- it's, it's Pavlov's it's Pavlov's thing, okay? It's it, nobody... It, the only way that you change behavior is by changing incentives. Well, that's my next huge sentence, my next huge uh, question for you. Anyway, the reason why on the, on the Volcker thing... 
is what I what I was learned taught learned the hard way whatever not necessarily because I wasn't affected by that much uh, in the 70s was that the numbers whether they're cheating on purpose or not well, my brother and I have this discussion he, he doesn't think they're cheating on purpose he just thinks the way they gather them they're so lagging before they can confirm them maybe lagging to a fault that you know we're, we're going to get the increase in housing prices but it might not be for a year and it might be after they stop going up you know I, but Volcker should have known that. He was he was really, you know, he he was jabbing you with the sword long after you were dead. I think, and 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 he shouldn't. I mean, right now, I don't. I think if you, we're we're going to see these numbers walk through the system, and this inflation the inflation number that we hear is going to be at least as bad, maybe worse going forward. But you and I know that the accelerator, the the growth in the money supply has been. Has been the accelerator has been turned off for probably four to five months now. Where it, yeah, and well, and, and it's showing up in the PPI. Yeah, but but, and, I'm saying, but and, and, and that's my confirmatory. But you, you and know, I, you and I, would, I'm going to say without putting words in your mouth, I'm, go, I'm going to. You and I would probably be in favor of a an adjustment of the CPI, bringing everything current, raising it probably twenty five percent, which it ought to be. In all the different areas, maybe even thirty or thirty-five, and say, "Okay, this is what we're dealing with," because that is what we're dealing with. We're we're dealing not with inflation now; we're dealing with a massive price bubble, right? It's going to sit there like like a big zit on your nose until until we either grow our way out of it or until we do something about it. Otherwise, cars are not coming down something else is not coming I mean I don't think anybody's advocating we're going to drag money supply down for the next three years so here we have we, we've, we've put this money in look what it did to the prices here we are I mean, do you think I'm wrong there? Um, yes really? and, okay. and, and here's why the when you build a leveraged pyramid which is what we've done and in the corporate world that debt overhang is so much larger than the base. All right, you're, 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 let me let me tell you where I think you're going here. Tell me if I'm right. What you're saying is the policy is all etched in stone. They're not going to be able to maintain the current lack of growth in the money supply because when they start spending money on the last bill or the next bill, the only way they can do it is going to create more money, which means that that Powell's going to cave in again. It's kind of a different. Argument than what I no what I no know. I'm going no I'm going the other way. Okay. I I think Powell understands the risk uh, that if this gets if 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 the Congress tries to do that and and that is their instinct because that's what we trained them over the last forty years to do. If Congress tries to do that and it and it gets embedded and it's and it's already starting to I mean you just look at what happened with the railroads and, and you know oh now we're not going to have a strike because we're going to throw more money at these guys well wage push inflation once it gets embedded into people's heads it's very hard to stop I didn't say, I didn't that, I didn't see a cola in there did you I don't well no there's no cola but you know what they they were going to strike unless they got a, a very sizable increase in in wages and that's what you're seeing you know look at the, the what We'll just start with, we, we had, you know, we had a $7 minimum wage, federal minimum wage, which, uh, you know, given what's gone on in the, in the real economy for the last, you know, 20 years, that's crazy. But now, then it was fight for 15, okay, now 15's not good enough, now it's got to be 25 on California for fast food workers and things like this. It, that mentality gets into people's heads, 
it is very, very hard to stop it. And and Powell understands that the only way that you stop that is that people have to get spanked to the point that they're not going to do it again. And he knows this, okay? And, and you don't hear a peep out of Congress about actually stopping it at this point. In fact, the only thing you're hearing from both sides of the aisle, both the Republicans and the Democrats, is how they're going to make it, you know, how they're going to make it bigger. Sure. <laughs> well, well, that means make it worse, right? So until that, until at least the rhetoric changes, you have no hope that you're going to actually change behavior. Well, I... And I, I don't think this is going to stop anytime soon. I, you know, I look at the technical side of this. I look at the ten-year Treasury. Right, the technical you, side. I think, Carl, you're saying the, is that is that the Fed is not going to be able to continue what they've done the last four months and not increase the money supply and, and not increase the balance sheet. You're saying that they're going to be no. I think they are going to. They are. They are going to not increase the money supply and not increase the balance sheet. And I think the ten-year is going to five percent. Okay, I, I'm with you. Well, it's still, I'm with you on that. Okay, but my point is. The bulge you have is still there. You still have forty percent no, more not, money. No, it's not going to stay there, Chief. It's going to be forced out because the corporations that are overlevered are going to collapse, and that debt will default. And when it does, it takes that out of the money supply. Okay, so what you're saying is, on its own, because of the mess we're in, you're going to see defaults and and uh, dollar-denominated Chinese debt. You're going to see the market collapse, which will take the money supply down on its own. Is what you're saying? Right. I, I, I mean, I, you know, the places that have the most leverage embedded in them, things like like crypto, Bitcoin, and things like this, are, are going to get absolutely destroyed. Well, I, I think that's, you know, that's I, I, I way that's a few good. months ago, I said, look, what's going on, and what I believe the Fed is going to end up having to do, and will do, and and the restriction is going to come from that, you're going to be lucky if we don't trade 1576 well, and S&P again. You're, okay, but I did not realize I should have, because it's you, I did not realize you were going down that road because I'm I'm right with you because most people do not understand that when the market goes down and all of a sudden people send in money for their margins you're you're essentially decreasing the money supply with that check. That's not many, right. Not many people understand that is what I'm saying. I I didn't know you were going down that road, but yeah, absolutely. You're saying it's going to go down on itself, and it, and I, I I'm I'm saying yeah. that you just take a look at the at the impact of that debt service on earnings, nothing else, and then you compound that by the PE. And that tells you what's probably going to end up happening. That's the most likely path for stock price. Do you have any idea how far we are over everybody's head right about now? I, I, my, my expectation is that we will be lucky if fifteen seventy six holds. I'm, I'm with you, but it's going to take a. Let's take it the other way. I'll explain it, sort of simply, try to, that we have a system here where people can essentially create money, the, the way the system works. So if I buy if I buy thousand shares of IBM at at a at a hundred bucks and I borrow fifty bucks, and IBM goes to two hundred, I now have borrowing there. I can go borrow more and buy more IBM without coming up with any more cash. So I essentially have created that extra through borrowing. Now there's there's extra equity there. There's money that people could take out, right? So I've essentially create I've I've increased the money supply. So if the Fed is doing their job, they've got to pull money out just to keep things even, right? That's right. And so, it, essentially, you know, the people are saying, well, you know, but they're not actually shrinking the balance sheet. They don't have to shrink the balance sheet. The margin calls do it for them. Well, yeah. and But I'm saying the balance sheet is yet another whole issue because these people do that. Oh, right, oh, right, oh absolutely. But, yeah. but the other thing that goes along with this is that what 
the, the common chestnut that you hear from, from commentators all the time is that the Fed cannot raise rates because the Treasury cannot pay the coupon. And the answer to that is as long as those Treasuries are sitting on the Federal Reserve's balance sheets or being pledged back there, all of that interest gets remitted back to Treasury in the net. Well, zero. Only for the stuff they bought. Well, that's right, but that, but, but that is a huge part of the whole. Sure is. Well, sure it is. Okay, and that blunts the impact in a tremendous way. Well, Carl, even you and I can make money if we could print it in the back room and buy a bond from somebody and then give them their interest back. <laughs> yeah, but Chief, it goes, it, look, it's, it's even more simple than that. Okay, federal, if you own federal, if you own treasury bonds, that income is taxable. Well, sure. Oh, yeah. Well, so, therefore, so therefore, if you're in the higher brackets, and who else owns them that isn't, right? I mean, you know, come on, let's be real. The, the people that are, they're the people in there. So a third of that interest. Hey, 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 a lot of my it, clients, because they can't get squat in the bank or in the clearing firms, are buying six-month treasuries at three and a half, and they're not one percenters. Well, I, I, I get you, but, but, you know, just look at volume, okay? Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the, you know, where the, where the weight of it is. Point being, those uh, a third of that interest expense is not real because it goes straight back to Treasury in terms of tax. Right, I'm going to lob one out here because we, since we're solving the problems of the world here today, uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, the politicians doing this and people and companies doing that, and uh, you know, I, I don't know why somebody didn't ask this guy at Federal Express if this, things are so bad. Why'd you buy all this stock back this year? But nobody did. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I guess when you when. I don't want to be like Scalia and say that I knew what the founding fathers uh, were doing with the Constitution, but let's say the Constitution is uh, one of the greatest documents ever written, and thank God it's there. I mean, I'll lob one out like that, but it's getting to me what Congress is doing, Carl, to me. is al- It's almost like when I was in the University of Chicago and we were designing executive uh, compensation plans and how do you get somebody to act uh, in the best uh, issue of the company in the long run, which means right. which means uh, if if you're going to give the guy a bonus based on this year, maybe he takes you know all the pollutants and pours them in the lake and doesn't care because <laughs> the company makes a fortune in five years and then he leaves and five years later when you when it costs you ten times more to clean it up, uh, you know then I mean it really isn't much difference between being green or a good neighbor or all those other kinds of things if you plan on being in business a long time. I mean, you can't, right. you can't screw with your neighbors for 40 years. <laughs> it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up messing, messing you up more than it, and it's ever worth it to you, I think. You can't mess yeah, with your yeah, employees you're right, for 40 years. You're right. Uh, so, but I think when, when, when these guys put Congress together in the presidency, I think their mindset, and again, I wasn't there, their mindset was we're going to put some people together to make laws. And their definition from laws, I think, was kind of a lot different than what we think of it now. When we see laws, we see massive funding programs. Right. It's, 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 when, have, when have they actually made like a law, you know, where, where you, know, uh, you know, a treaty where we were going to buy Louisiana or something. I mean, they, they, don't, they don't do hardly any. I'm saying most of it now is massive amounts of money being shifted around from some people to others, and the, and the reward is dramatic for the people they, they can direct it to and really for them in the short run, usually just by being elected again, but now clearly in people's pockets because they're all coming out of there with a whole bunch of dough. The whole venue has changed in terms of what you expect 
from a congressman. If, if some guy goes in there, is there for two terms and manages to get some a whole bunch of stuff for his district or himself or some lobbyist yeah. to put money in his bank. I mean, the lady in, in Arizona got $2 million from people to keep the, the uh, what do you call it, the, uh, what's the tax tax dodge for uh, money money managers? Oh, yeah, the, the carried interest. The carried, yeah. I mean, she got $2 million for doing it. I don't think that the, our, 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 that our four founding fathers ever dreamed they thought people were going to show up for three months a year and like make laws and treaties and that kind of crap. Real, but that then all of a sudden you were going to shove money around from p- person to person and have lobbyists stuff your pockets. Or I don't think that even crossed their mind. And how could it? It wouldn't have crossed my mind well, twenty years ago. Well, because <laughs> look, when the founding fathers put the country together, we now have the Seventeenth Amendment. What happened with with you know Miss Crazy out of Arizona? I uh, couldn't happen. Because if they tried that when you know when the country was founded, the legislature in Arizona would have recalled their senator, and that would have been the end of the maybe, show maybe. immediately. Maybe. Well, I, but you know what? The threat of that is enough in most cases to stop it. The Seventeenth Amendment made that impossible. That was that was the biggest mistake constitutionally this country has ever undertaken. You see, I, I think that they, if there was, an, they they would just go around it. And that's my argument with. Well, Trump. it's a, to some extent, but you know what? The thing the thing is this: the closer you can you can get accountability to the people, the more likely that that corrective action will be applied. Doesn't always get applied, but the probability goes up, and that's what you're dealing with in politics and, and you know in markets and mathematics and everything else. It's, it's probability because nothing is certain except that eventually if you you know we're all going to be dead eventually the sun will explode and the planet will get wiped out it's going to happen a few billion years from now but eventually it will but you have but in the meantime you have to deal with the probability of events and and the ability to come into another state Outside of where you are, you look at what what has happened over the last you know three or five elections. You're uh, you're absolutely you're you're with me on this. I think. Yeah, I'm going to say the two biggest things I would change in the Constitution right now are are the the money the money coming from out of the district. Well, I I would tear up the Seventeenth Amendment. Ninety percent of that problem go away. Well, it went off the House. Well, no, but but see, here's the thing: without the Senate, you can't get anything done. You, the, the entire point of the Senate is to is to stop the the personal vagaries of the House. The House is supposed to be the faster responding organ within the government. The Senate is supposed to be the more deliberative one. The this this screaming about tearing down the filibuster rule, which has been eroded over time, okay, which which by the way was stupid to take any part of it out. The the entire point of the Senate is to prevent the the passions of the people from immediately resulting in federal changes. If you destroy that, then you end up with what amounts to a parliamentary system, which is what most of Europe has. If you want to see how bad that can go and how fast, look at what's going to happen to Germany this winter. With with by the way, Germany has lots of frackable gas. Mm. In fact, really? they have more of it than they import from Russia. They just refuse to go get it because they pray at the altar of Greta, who says you can't do this. Okay, fine, but that's a self-inflicted injury. And where did it come from? It came from the passions of the parliament. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. That the but we're, we're doing the same thing in all parts of society now. It's 
We, we, we don't oh, absolutely. Have, we don't I, you know, I mean, the, the idea that you just had Trulio announce that they're laying people off based on race. That is blatantly illegal. Oh, yeah. Okay, but who's going to go to jail for that? Nobody. I don't, I don't understand how this doesn't, or, or at least be, be brought up. I, I'm, I'll bet you that you wouldn't want to prosecute the case of the Pfizer guy. Because there's 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 something they can they'll duck behind it. Nobody wants to go after these people at the big law firms. I mean, it, it, they don't. We don't have the resources to do it. But basically, Pfizer's more. Pfizer's more. I used to make the joke with uh, with uh, George, uh, not not the old man, the kid. That if he if he's sitting there in the Oval Office and the head of the five big, used to be used to be seven, right? Now there's five big uh, oil companies. They sit right. down at a table with the guy that. They're going to treat him like a child in terms of what they what they know versus him. I mean, they're, they're more powerful than he is. Well, these, we we no longer have a thing called the rule of law in the United States, and the danger that you run into. I mean, you know, you, you just look at what happened to this so-called political stunt sending the migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. You now have Gavin Newsom was calling for the for the governors to be prosecuted for kidnapping for doing this. Oh yeah. All right. Well, now, now think about the logic here. These are are areas that have that themselves declared themselves as sanctuary cities and regions. Okay, Texas didn't do this. Florida didn't do this. These states did this. And then Biden, on his own, took planes full of these migrants, starting in Texas, and flew them into places like Florida. And this, nobody raised a single stink about putting anybody in jail for doing. Okay, that's not kidnapping. But when a governor says, hey, you know what? Um, you can voluntarily get on this bus. We really don't have any, we don't have any resources to deal with you here. There's, there's 5,000 people in this town. There's 10,000 of you. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, the reality is what it is. We only have this many grocery stores. We only have this much gasoline. You know, this, is the, this, this is the tax infrastructure we have in this f- town of 5,000. If you stay here, life's not going to be so great. This, this city says that they're a sanctuary. Um, by the way, here's 500 bucks walking around money for you to you know, get yourself established. All you got to do is get on the bus. Well, I mean, is that I th- kidnapping? I think the, uh, no, I, 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 I would like to see, I mean, I've had conversations with people totally on the right, righter than you, uh, Carl. And I say, you know, there's, we have to understand in this world, and you, you brought it up on several places, there's 50 million people in this world that are enslaved in one way or another. Right. And there's 70 million people have been tossed out of their house. Now, uh, and, and oh, by the way, the whole reason you have lithium batteries for your EV is because of those people who are running the leech pools over in China. Right. But I'm saying I, w- I would like to see. On the one hand, I know that you can't have a million people sprinting across the border like it's a Oklahoma gold rush. But I also know that a lot of those people are willing to to work and and, and go to church and do something like the Irish did when they showed up. And I and I see nothing but empty areas in the south side of Chicago and west side. I don't see how you couldn't start a community down there with a thousand people. I bet you and I in two years, Carl, everybody else would want to live there. I mean, why can't, yeah, but, why can't uh, we but, do it right? But you know what? Here's here's the thing. Until that happens, you know, in, where's the infrastructure behind this? There isn't. And, and the reality of it is, Carl, you and I can make it in in a, in a month. All we need is an old school and an old church. As long oh, as, I know. As long as the school has a cafeteria and shower facilities, we can we can make it work tomorrow and have people working in a week. Yeah, but you know what? The, the, but the people. But this is not how the game works. 
the, the whole reason we had a civil war in the 1860s is because we allowed one part of the country to shove off the cost of their policies on someone else Absolutely. and do it by force. Oh, yeah. And if we don't watch it, we're going to get another one. Well, I'm just saying, people from both sides of the aisle, instead of saying, we don't want these guys, we don't, instead of just saying, okay, look, we're going to take 10,000, how are we going to spread them around, how are we going to make them productive members of the economy? I, I, I'll tell you what, I'll take them over all the gangbangers running around in Chicago right now shooting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, oh, take, I'll make that trade oh, tomorrow. I, t- I take them tomorrow. Yeah. I have never, I, to be honest, I don't think I've ever met a Hispanic person that wasn't, didn't stick with their family and didn't work hard, to be honest with you. Mm. Well, except that's not what we're getting now. Yeah, okay. Now we're getting people from Venezuela and Cuba, and, and yeah, yeah, the Mexicans are not, actually not in this mix. Okay, but I, I, another thing is, I've only met, I haven't met very many, but my stepfather had one as a secretary. I'll take 10 Cubans anytime. Mm. Oh yeah, well Cubans in particular, yeah. I mean they're, they're you know they're good lord. Look at what they've put up with over the last thirty oh, yeah. years. <laughs> All right, Kyle, we got a dash, but have a good weekend. Uh, gee, maybe the maybe the Irish will win a game. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to become a uh, Allegheny State fan or something, or maybe maybe they'll win. Is, are you a Tennessee guy, or you don't care? Oh, uh, well, I don't really. You know what? It, it, Tennessee has a way of kicking itself in the nuts every time it plays. So there you go. God, I t- I'll take that as a no. SP Futures now down fifty. <laughs> SP Futures down fifty four, the lowest we've seen them. Nasdaq down one sixty seven. This is ugly. Uh, where I'll give you a last shot. On Federal Express down forty four. It's now almost twenty two percent. Ouch! There, uh, back Monday. Stocks and jacks. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Stocks and jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. My father is no different than any other powerful man. Any man who's responsible for other people. Like a senator or a president. You know how naive you sound. Why? Senators and presidents don't have men killed. Who's being naive, Kate? 